Waiting on a tax return? Hopefully it ends up in your hands. Fraudulent tax returns due to identity theft increased by 30% in 2023. If you're in a bind this tax season, LifeLock can help. Our U.S.-based restoration specialists are experts dedicated to helping solve your identity theft issues. And all LifeLock plans are backed by the Million Dollar Protection Package. So we'll reimburse you up to the limits of your plan if you lose money due to identity theft. Help protect your information this tax season with LifeLock. Save up to 25% your first year at LifeLock.com slash aware. Our hearts are receptive. 
Our ears are perked up to hear what you have to say, God. And we're ready to receive from you. And we thank you for it. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. God bless you, Elder. Thank you for that prayer. At this time, I'm going to get ready to read a scripture, people of God, and after that I will read a few announcements. I'm going to be reading 1 Peter 1 and 7, and it declares that the trial of your faith, being much more precious than of gold that perishes, though it be tried with fire, might be found into praise and honor and glory at the appearing of Jesus Christ. Christ, when it comes to salvation, people of God, and when it comes to our walk with Christ, sometimes we think that just saying yes is enough, but the scripture informs us of otherwise. It's a process that we have to go through. It's some stuff that has to be burnt away from us. It's some sanctification that we have to go through, and it takes time. It takes patience, and it takes our faith being tried in order to come out the way that God destined for us to come. It has to be a certain death. At each level, it takes a willingness to suffer for the Lord's sake, but our reward will be great if we allow the Lord to get the glory out of whatever we have to deal with. God bless you, people of God. At this time, I'm going to get ready to read a few announcements, and after that, if we could get a song for two minutes. We would love to invite you to become a part of this move of God. You may join us on our Faith Ambassadors website by going to ProphetDanielOnline.com. For more information in general about the Faith Ambassadors, you may also search for us on Facebook. Just search for Faith Ambassadors. One is a fan page. The other is a members page. You may also join Chief Apostle Daniel Carter on Periscope at Prophet Bishop Daniel. You may join Apostle Crystal Lee on Periscope at Rock Mogul Ministries. We have four services every week. On Monday nights, we have our Staying on Purpose broadcast. On Tuesday night, we have our War of Worship Women's Ministry broadcast. On Wednesday nights, we have our Resurgence Youth Ministry broadcast. And on Thursday nights, we have our School of the Prophets broadcast every single night, 8 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. You may email us at faithambassadors247 at gmail.com if you would like more information. Amen. If we could get two minutes of a song at this time, and after that we will have Elder Felicia come to introduce the woman of God.
Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord, everybody. We thank God for each and every one of you being here. We thank you for each and every one of you being a part of War of Worship Women's Ministries through Faith Ambassadors. And at this time, I would like to introduce to some and present to others a woman that repels weakness, a woman of integrity, a writer, and a worshiper. Our very own anointed and appointed apostle, Crystal Lee. Are you there, apostle? Absolutely. God bless you, woman of God. What a welcome. What a welcome and what an introduction. God bless you. Everybody, so good to be on the line with you tonight. I wasn't sure if I was going to have anything to say tonight. I had something that was brewing in my spirit, but I believe with my whole heart, and I teach it to the ministers as well, if God ain't saying nothing to you, then keep your mouth shut. But God had given me a word uh, several days back. Chief, you can let that keep playing. If you just pull it back to maybe about the fourth notch, that would be awesome. Um, he given me a, given me a word just a couple of days ago, and um, I am absolutely guilty. I, I know I teach you guys this, and I'm going to encourage you uh, again as I'm encouraging myself that when the Lord gives you a word, uh, don't just jot down a thought or a theme. Uh, write down what he's saying to you. Um, the enemy definitely uh, is always seeking to discredit God in some way, shape, or form, and I know it doesn't seem like a discredit uh, just off the rip, but you know, if God had planted a thing in my spirit, I believe that it's yet going to grow. But I believe that the first impact, uh, I believe that the first impact of that word uh, would have taken a different route if I had have written some things down. So I'm expecting the Holy Ghost to bring it all back to my remembrance. But I believe I have a word from the Lord for you tonight. I'm going to ask that we just take a few minutes. Uh, Chief, go ahead and bring that up maybe a notch. Uh, and you guys, go ahead and invite your followers, invite the people that you love, and pe- invite the people that you know. Invite them to come to the broadcast tonight because I believe, I don't care if they're a man, woman, boy, or girl, there's deliverance in the room for everybody tonight. There's a miracle in this room with your name on it, and you're going to need to put a praise on it tonight because God's going to bring you out of where you've been and take you to the place that He's promised you. Go ahead, invite your followers.
Bless you, people of God. Bless you, people of God. I hope you took the time to invite your friends, to invite your family. Again, I believe I have a word from the Lord for you tonight, and we're going to share this word of the Lord um, tonight. Uh, we thank God for this opportunity. We thank God for all the men and women of God on the line. We thank God for our own uh, Elder Shanterica Robinson, our own uh, Elder Felicia Dotson, and our own Chief Apostle Daniel Carter here tonight, and all of the women of God all over the place uh, that are on the line tonight. We want you to definitely, before I even get started tonight, I want to make a challenge to you. I want to make an invitation to you. Uh, after this night's broadcast, if you are impacted, if your life has been changed by the words that come out of the mouth of the people of God tonight, I'm challenging you to make a connection tonight. Uh, in this season, you're going to definitely need to understand what God is connecting you to and whom God is connecting you to. It's vitally important for for the safety of your life. It's vitally important for the safety of your ministry uh, that you connect yourself divinely to the people that God is desiring you to be connected to, that those things that have been hidden in you can be unlocked in this season. This is not a season to be sitting on the sidelines. You're going to need the ball and to get in the game. What you need to be asking for more than anything, we're at the end of the year. We've got 11 days left. I know a couple of months ago I was talking about we were in the second half. That was when we were in the, in the sixth month. You know, and in a game, uh, the second half matters. You know, the, the, your enemy might have gotten an advantage over you in the first half, but hopefully at halftime you got in the room uh, with your coach. You got in the room with those who could coach you and who could direct you and who could help you, and they gave you a word that caused you to desire to go back out on the court and get the game back, to take the game back into your own hands, to have more stamina, to have more strength, to remember what you learned in practice, to put those things uh, to use, and to have divine ability in that moment to take the game, to steal the show. We're in the second half. We're at the end of the second quarter. We're in the fourth quarter, actually, and God is about to do something absolutely outstanding in your life. He's doing something absolutely out, uh, out, outstanding and absolutely miraculous. Right now, it's already being done. It's not something that we have to wait on. We've already shifted. And right now, what you're sensing in your spirit, this pull that you're sensing, uh, this uneasiness, you're not certain what God is doing, but you're saying, yes, I, I'm going to go ahead and go with this. I don't know where you're taking me. I'm just a little bit confused because I'm used to being a little more controlled than this. But I'm okay if it's you at the helm. If you're saying go this direction, I'm willing to go. If you go with me, the Bible, if there was a song when we were growing up, it said, if Jesus goes with me, I'll go anywhere. Are you hearing me? If he's going with me, I'm going. It's the same thing Moses told the Lord in the wilderness. He said, listen, if you're not going with us, don't send no angel. Don't send nothing else. He said, if you're not going with us, I don't want to go. I'm going to need you to go with us. And if you go with us, then, then I know that everything is going to be as it should be. So we thank God tonight for this time. We thank God for, for this time. Tonight I pray uh, that as the servants of the Lord in the Old Testament, there were servants, uh, several servants of the Lord who experienced a touch of God, a very special touch. Uh, their lips were touched. Tonight I'm praying that uh, the lips of God's servant, that God would touch my lips and that I would be strengthened as Daniel was strengthened in Daniel chapter 10, that I would be touched like Jeremiah was touched, that my lips would be touched, that he would put words in my mouth, his words in my mouth to give to you, that it would break you free. Tonight, I'm declaring tonight that my lips will be touched as the servant Isaiah's lips were touched. 
that the guilt would be taken away, that the reproach would be taken away tonight from the people of God. I love you tonight. I want to read uh, for you Isaiah 62 real quick. This thing has been in my spirit all day, and I'm just going to read that before we go into the word of the Lord. For Zion's sake will I not hold my peace. And for Jerusalem's sake, I will not rest until the righteousness thereof go forth as brightness and the salvation thereof as a lamp that burneth. And the Gentiles shall see thy righteousness and all kings thy glory. And thou shalt be called by a new name, which the mouth of the Lord shall name. Thou shalt also be a crown of glory in the hand of the Lord and a royal diadem in, in the hand of thy God. Thou shalt no more be termed forsaken, neither shall thy land any more be termed desolate. But thou shalt be called Hesba, and, and, and thy land Beulah, for the Lord delighteth in thee, and thy land shall be married. For as a young man marrieth a virgin, so shall thy sons marry thee. And as the bridegroom rejoices over the bride, so shall thy God rejoice over thee. I have set watchmen upon thy walls, O Jerusalem, which shall never hold their peace day nor night. Ye that make mention of the Lord, keep not silence, and give him no rest till he establish, until he make Jerusalem a praise in the earth. The Lord has sworn by his right hand and by the arm of his strength, surely I will no more give thy corn to be meat for thine enemies. And the sons of the strangers shall not drink thy wine, for... For the for the which thou hast labored, I'm gonna read that again. Surely I will no more give thy corn to be meat for thine enemies, and thy son and the and the sons of the strangers shall not drink thy wine for the which thou hast labored. But they that have gathered it shall eat it and praise the Lord, and they that have brought it together shall drink it in the courts of my holiness. Go through, go through the, the through the gates. Prepare ye the way of the people, cast up, cast up the highway, gather out the stones, lift up a standard for the people. Behold, the Lord hath proclaimed unto the end of the world, say ye to the daughter of Zion, Behold, thy salvation cometh. Behold, his reward is with him and his work before him. And they shall call them the holy people, the redeemed of the Lord, and thou shalt be called, sought out a city not forsaken. Women of God, I don't care where you've been or what you've done or what you felt like in this season. A lot of the women on this line have felt like God has forgotten about them. And and, and quite frankly, you you feel like you kind of missed it. You're feeling like, I don't, I don't know what's going on. I'm not certain about my direction here. I, maybe I missed God because uh, I, I didn't get any memos uh, giving me the next set of directions. I just know that I'm supposed to be going in this direction. And now I'm not uncertain because I'm not hearing anything else. But God wants you to know tonight you're not forsaken. You are not left. He's prepared the way, and it is a season of celebration for you. God wants to use you to make an announcement, uh, to make a declaration. Are you hearing what I'm saying? A declaration uh, of the unbelievable, a declaration and an announcement of the extraordinary. And now you're going to even be convinced of that. Even now, you're going to be convinced. I know it seems like you weren't certain, but God is going to make you certain. You're going to be convinced of this thing that God is doing in your life. I just want to share just a couple quick thoughts with you tonight. A couple quick thoughts with you tonight. I had uh, sent over uh, Rhoda, uh, Mary, and the woman at the well. 
is is what we're going to call this tonight. But um, I was trying to figure it out. I really was. And sometimes you have to just sit and ponder a thing if you don't have all of the information or if you miss the information, you got to sit and ponder it. I was sitting there like, God, how does this connect? And what, what, was, what was I talking about with you when I wrote this down? But I've got a few notes that I want to share with you tonight. And so if we go to Acts chapter 12, you can mark that down. You don't have to necessarily go there, but just definitely mark it down. You're going to find a servant girl by the name of Rhoda uh, in Acts chapter 12. And uh, she's in a place where they are, where the people of God are are in prayer for Peter. Um, they're in prayer for Peter because Peter has been imprisoned by Herod. Herod has already killed James, uh, and he's seeking to do more harm because they're bringing a message into his domain. They're bringing the kingdom into his domain, and as far as he's concerned, this kingdom is his, and there should be no other message besides his in that kingdom. But Peter's been imprisoned, and the people of God, if we go uh, to verse 5, yeah, turn there. I'm going to give you a few seconds just to turn there. Go to uh, Acts chapter 12, and we're going to read it, verse 5. Verse 5. Uh, matter of fact, we're going to go up to verse 4. I always love to read. Uh, uh, I love verse I love verse 3 too, but okay, let's go to verse 3. Nonsense and foolishness. I'm not going to I'm not going to withhold. All right. Uh Acts chapter 12 verse 3 and it says, speaking of Herod and when he saw that it was pleasing to the Jews, he proceeded to arrest Peter also. And Mind you, this was during the Feast of Unleavened Bread. So this is amongst uh, a religious community. Uh, you need to understand that the Jews, what they're saying, the Jews, the Hebrews, whatever, they were the religious community of that day. And these are the people of God. They are the kingdom ambassadors. They are the ambassadors of Christ. They are going into the earth and doing uh, the, the work that they've been given to do. They're following the mandate that they've been given. And can I just make a note right there any time? that you are following the instructions that God has given you, uh, you're going to have a little bit of disruption in your environment, particularly uh, those environments that are religious nature. Uh, they're going to have a problem with what you're doing. They're going to want to hold you back. They're going to want to hold you to the side. But tonight it's not about necessarily about Peter, but I can take a station identification just to let you know that this was during the Feast of the Unleavened Bread, and he was in the midst of people who should have been able to hear the message, and they were not. After he had arrested him, verse 4 says, he also put him in prison, handing him over to four squads of soldiers to guard him, intending to bring him out for public trial after the Passover. So he put him away in the prison. He gave him over to four squads. And I know another passage talks about uh, six quaternions or eight quaternions. I, I don't know what version. Okay, I'm reading the LEB. Uh, that's roughly about 16 different, uh, about 16 uh, uh, military men that they put him under. Now, I, I want to make a station identification here as well. Something about uh, the knowledge of even the wicked. They they have a knowledge that they're going to need to put you under a special watch. <laughs> if, if you're being called a kingdom citizen, there should be some things that people attend to you a little differently uh, when it comes to them accosting you. And so this is why the warfare is so great. This is why the challenge is so great, because the possibility of your escape 
uh, is very great, and the enemy wants to do all that he can do in this season just to make sure that you are under as much watch and under as much uh, uh, bondage as possible just in case uh, you get a glimpse of your future, just in case you decide to hear and see and understand that God can deliver you. So verse 5, thus Peter was kept in the prison, but here's the thing. But prayer was fervently being made to God by the church for him. Now, I'm going to keep taking a couple of station identifications along the way. I see that this is what's going to happen here. But you need to understand the power of prayer in this season. It's really important that you understand the power of prayer. But what we're going to find out in the in, in, in the verses preceding is the fact that as the church was praying, uh, Herod was about to bring him out. On that very night, Peter was sleeping between two soldiers. He was going to bring him out, but on that very night, Peter was sleeping between two soldiers. He was bound with two chains. This, listen, this is as a prayer is going on fervently uh, for Peter, and the guards before the door were watching the prison, so everybody was in their proper place. And behold, an angel of the Lord stood near him, and a light shone in the prison cell, and striking Peter's side, he woke him up saying, Get up quickly. And I tell you something, when God is getting ready to bring you out of something, you don't have a whole lot of time uh, to try to figure it out. You've got to get up quickly and you've got to move, okay? Prayer is being made for you, but you've got to come out of that territory that you're in because your deliverance is on the other side of the gate. I need you to know that. You've got to get up from where you are. This is a season where you're going to have to not ask a bunch of questions. You, you don't have time to do a bunch of yawning and stretching. You have to get up from where you are, get up quickly, and move as the angel of the Lord is leading you out. And his chains fell off his hands. And the angel said to him, gird yourself and put on your sandals. Let me put yourself together. Tuck your clothing because you don't want to be tripping and falling. Pull yourself together. Put your shoes on so you don't injure yourself. And he did it. And he said to him, wrap your cloak around you and follow me. And he went out and was following him. And he did not know that what was being done by the angel was real, but was thinking he was seeing a vision. And after they had passed the first and second guard, they came to the iron gate that leads to the city. And if y'all know anything about the gates, if y'all watch me on Periscope at all, we had a whole season of just talking about the gates. It's always something better on the other side of the gate. You know, those those uh, those uh, lepers, they were sitting outside of the gate just kind of uh, sitting in a position of, uh, of nothingness, sitting in a position of loss, sitting in a position of we could die any minute now. But they determined in their heart, you know what? It's something better on the inside of these gates. I mean, if we go in this side, we might die, but at least we will have fought for something. If we go in this way, they might kill us, but at least we won't sit here and die. I need you to know, I don't care if you're scared in this season. I don't care how you're feeling about your situation. I know you're not certain because you're not being given all of the details, but God knows that if he gives you the details, because if you're anything like me, you know, and if you have a prophetic nature, then if God gives you all the details, then you start trying to make stuff happen. This is not the season of just you making things happen. Of course, there have been other seasons, and of course, this is a time for you to force some things, but the things that you need to force, God's giving you authority to force those things, but the things that he wants to do him alone that he wants to do that he wants to bring you into he's not giving you a full report on those things and so you might be a little uh, a little nervous about some things but you're going to have to realize like the lepers did we can't just sit here and die and we don't have time to ask a bunch of questions like Peter I'm going to have to get up from here and get out of here quickly so no matter what situation you're in right now whether it's a financial situation no matter whether it's a physical situation no matter if it's a relational situation or if it's a church situation, I'm going to need you to hear the voice of God tonight 
and get up from where you are. Get up quickly. Get up quickly. Deliverance is coming. It's on the line. I need you to get up quickly from that place that you're in. I'm expecting phone calls tonight. I'm expecting emails tonight. Several people are being uh, uh, delivered and being healed from from uh, from infirmities, not just in your mind. Of course, there are at least 20 women on this line who God is lifting an infirmity in your mind right now concerning your situation, concerning your house life, concerning your home situation. Your whole mind is being turned upside down right now. A minute ago, you were was real emotional when you got on this line. You was feeling some kind of way, but God is changing your circumstance, but he's not changing it from the outside in. He's changing it from the inside out. And when you begin to see this thing a different way, God's going to deliver you, and you're going to understand the freedom that God has given you in this season. Uh, there are several women on this line that are dealing with uh, cancerous tumors. Several of you on this line, I need you to get up quickly. I need you to, for real, get up. Don't, don't, don't play with me. I'm not joking with you tonight. I need you to get up quickly because this wasn't even a part of my message. I just wanted to read over some things because I really wanted to get to Rhoda first because she was at the top of the list. But tonight God has desired to send an angel of the Lord to tell you to get up quickly. You will need to get up from where you are, women of God, those of you who have those tumors, who are dealing with cysts and tumors in your female areas. Ah, my God, God said get up quickly. Your deliverance is to night. I want you to know I didn't have this message until about five minutes ago. Then this word that I'm speaking to you right now, this is off the cuff. This is God's desire for you. That's why he wouldn't remind me of the thing that he that he gave me a couple of days ago because it was your night for deliverance. So I need you to get up quickly from there. I need you to move quickly. God is healing you, and I need to hear from you tonight. I need to hear from you as you pass stones into uh, in, into your toilet tonight. I need to know that you've passed them because I need to know that God has done the work. I need to know it. I know it because he told me to say it to you, but I need you to, to tell me when it's done because I need to be able to glorify God with you. This testimony needs to be spread abroad. You need to have a testimony to give to somebody else. See, this is what uh, real kingdom is really about, this thing that we're doing right now. This is what kingdom is about because he's anointed his people uh, to bring deliverance to the captives, and you've been captive for some time if you're dealing with those cysts. Every woman that's been dealing with these cysts, it's been three years plus that you've been dealing with these growths and these cysts in your female areas and this pain and all of these different female conditions conditions and issues that you've been dealing with are a direct result of, of what the enemy has desired to do to you in this season to keep you in a place of disbelief, to keep you in a place of just not believing God. And that's been your, that's been your challenge in this season. You've been saying, but, if it, but, but God, if you called me, then why do I have this situation? Well, what, what's going on with me? If, if this is what you're telling me to do, then why? There are a lot of reasons why people have those kind of conditions. Sometimes it can be a devil that has accosted you, but most times it's just a natural thing. Sometimes you just have to change your diet. That was free. Go and sin no more. Go ahead and change some things about your life. Change some situations. Change some, uh, change some environments that you're in. Stop stressing out over ridiculous stuff. You've got to change your environments because those toxins become a part of who you are and they change you from the inside out. But God wants to change you from the inside out. We're not going to allow the enemy to make changes in us. We're going to allow God to restore us and to redeem us to the place of wholeness that he desired us to be from the very beginning. So get up quickly tonight. As you get up quickly, no matter what you're facing, even if it's a relational issue, and I know you all almost get tired of us talking about relational issues, but I don't care. No, I don't, because I've been in issues in uh, relationships where it just wasn't God, and, and it was a place of bondage. 
And and I'm not going to allow you to sit there in that place of bondage and convince yourself that this is a God thing. I'm not going to allow you to sit in that place of bondage and try to convince yourself that you've been sent there to save him. I'm not going to allow you to sit there and convince yourself uh, that this is your job or your responsibility. Can I tell you something? Let me tell you when you know that you're anointed to do a job, when people are responding to the anointing on your life as a result of you being in the environment. If there's no response, um, then you might not be called to that job. Anywhere you're called to, you can make impact. You can make a, you can be impactful and you can make a change. Jesus was not received in his own hometown, and the Bible declares that he could not do many mighty works there. You know what that meant? It meant he had a different assignment ahead of him. His assignment was shifted from the people that were in his environment that he was first sent to to other environments. Are you listening to what I'm saying? So if you're not getting a response, if you don't see a change, if things are not moving, if things are not going in the right direction, then you're not anointed for that task. That's somebody else's problem that you're taking on for yourself and making yourself sick over it. I'm Okay, I'm done with that. I'm done with that. Get up quickly from where you are. No matter what your situation is tonight, I need you to get up quickly, and I'm going to need you to contact faithambassadors247 at gmail.com, even while we're on the line, and let us know that God has shifted you, that he's delivered you, that he's taken you to the other side of the gate. That's where your freedom is tonight. It's on the other side of the gate. Now, let's keep reading. Let's keep reading because we're going to get to Rhoda. So, verse 10, and after they had passed the first and second guard, they came to the iron gate that leads to the city, which opened for them by itself. This is not a hard thing tonight. I'm really trying to get off of this. There's not something that you have to go through or something extra that you have to do. This gate is opening by itself. All you got to do is go to the gate. That's the, that's the getting up part. That's the moving part. And this gate is going to open by itself, and you're going to be able to go out and move forward along the narrow street and move forward from the place that you've been in into the next place. Now, let's see. It says here at the end of that verse 10, uh, the be part at, and once the angel departed from him. Verse 11, and when Peter came to himself, he said, Now I know truly that the Lord has sent out his angel and rescued me from the hand of Herod and all that the Jewish people expected. And when he realized this, he went to the house of Mary. Now we're about to approach our first subject for tonight. He went to the house of Mary the mother of John, who was also called Mark, where many people were gathered together and were praying. That's what we opened up with, the fervency of the prayer of the saints on Peter's behalf. And when he knocked at the door of the gateway, a female slave named Rhoda came up to answer. Now they're in prayer, but the female slave is available to answer the door and recognize Peter's voice because of her joy she didn't open the gate. She was so excited. She ran in and announced. She made a declaration. She made a ridiculous announcement, an unbelievable, extraordinary announcement. She said to the people of God that were in prayer, Peter is standing at the gate. But they said to her, you are out of your mind. But she kept insisting it was so, and they kept saying, it is his angel. But Peter was continuing to knock, and when they opened the door, they saw him and were astonished. I want to stop right there for just a moment because I want you to know, again, that God wants to use you in this season to make announcements, to make declarations, to make amazing declarations, unbelievable, extraordinary declarations. And you're going to be in a place like Rhoda was 
Because while everybody else is doing what they think is the normal thing to do, while they're doing the protocol, you're hearing the call. Are you listening to what I'm saying? While they're in protocol, you're hearing the call. And while they won't believe, God is yet using you to make an announcement. You need to understand that he's positioning you to make an announcement that not many people are going to believe readily in this season. The thing that God is about to deposit in you in this season, the thing that he's deposited in you even tonight, this is the beginning, because the kingdom of God is like a man who who scattered seed. Tonight we're scattering seed. This word of the Lord is the seed that's being scattered. And tonight there's a deposit being made in you that's going to cause a harvest. And the words that are going to start coming out of your mouth, the things that you're going to start declaring, uh, the things that you're going to start announcing are going to be unbelievable kind of reminds me of when the disciples, Peter and John, were about, and they were sharing the gospel, and they were saying a bunch of different things, and these, these, these religious zealots, these religious people, they, they, they said amongst themselves, these people are ignorant. They've never been to school. I don't think it was because Peter and them was talking ignorantly, because they were businessmen. I don't think they had the wrong language or anything. I just think that they recognized based on credentials, because we're, we're credentialed, to do this thing. Uh, God has given us this thing to do, and we have the paperwork to prove it. I want you to know that you may not be a licensed prophetess right now. You may not be a licensed apostle right now. Uh, nobody may have given you any paperwork to, to be licensed as an evangelist or, or as a bishop or, or as a, a minister of the gospel, but I want you to know God is calling you tonight. He's making a deposit, and the season is now. You're going to begin to grow this thing, and you're going to begin to make outstanding, unbelievable, extraordinary, absolutely amazing announcements and declarations. It's your season. It's your time. And I want you to understand that Romans chapter 3 said, what if they don't believe, you know? But I want you to understand it doesn't make the word of God to none effect. It doesn't matter if where you're standing in the environment that you're in that they don't see you as a prophet. It doesn't, it doesn't matter that they don't call you uh, an apostle. It doesn't, none of that matters. I've already been there where people were prophesying to me. They were prophesying to me my majority of my life about the prophetess part, but nobody ever really took me under their wings and said, let's, let's kind of do this thing like this. You know, God just called me, and he, then he found somebody that would validate me. Uh, he called me an apostle years and years ago, and I've been doing the work for years. And so in this season, God just found somebody that would say, go ahead and stamp that because I'm tired of this. we got to make this thing move. And you need to understand that that's the purpose of you being divinely connected because you'll be in environments where God will even send you into environments. You'll be a part of environments where you'll have ridiculous announcements outstanding and unbelievable, extraordinary declarations that they're not going to readily believe. But what I love about this verse here, what I love about the ending of this verse, it says, in recognizing Peter's voice, because of her joy, she didn't open the gate but ran and announced. You know, she wanted to go to the people that she felt like should have had uh, the sense to know that their prayer was answered, and they didn't know that. But they said to her, you're out of your mind. But Peter kept knocking, and eventually they saw him, they opened the door, they saw him, and were astonished. So this thing that God is depositing you tonight, this extraordinary seed that's getting ready to grow into a place where you begin to make these proclamations, these declarations, and these announcements, you're not going to be left in a place where you're embarrassed. God said you'll never be ashamed. They're going to hear the knock at the door. They're going to go, and they're going to open the door, and they're going to see exactly what you're talking about. I thank God for Rhoda. Let's go to Mary for a minute. Let's go to Mary for a minute in Luke chapter 8. 
I love Luke chapter 8. Let's go to Luke chapter 8. It talks about some of the women that were following the ministry of Jesus. I want you to know that um, there's always a people that God has assigned to follow the men and women of God, uh, to go before them in ministry. These women went before him in ministry, and they ministered to him financially. I'm not going to let y'all off the hook tonight. I was feeling some kind of way about that guy, but I'm not going to let none of the women on this line off the hook. I want you to know that we're getting ready uh, to make some shifts, and some shifts have already happened. God is already making moves on your behalf, and you're noticing some things are changing in your environment. How dare you not sow a seed where God has planted in you, and you will withhold the seed uh, and not release your seed and allow that seed to be planted in good soil to grow in someone else's life, to grow in someone else's direction, especially if you've been fed. If you're being fed somewhere, I want all the women on this line that are under the sound of my voice, all the tree of agape life uh, women, I want you all to understand something. God has always uh, used women to be forerunners in a thing, and in this season you need to be the forerunner for giving. You need to be that. You need to do what God has called you to do. There's so much that God is doing in this season concerning the woman of this economic empowerment that's coming into your life. I promise you it's coming because he's downloading it in me. And if you're connected here, you're going to get it. But I need you to sow into the anointing that's on this ministry, that's in this ministry. Because you know what, when you're really connected, I said this to a woman of God, I believe it was last week. She'd been kind of incognito, you know, not available, and not doing what she needs to do in ministry, et cetera, et cetera. And I need you all to get over yourself. Get over yourself. Get over how you're feeling about you. I need you to understand the thoughts that God has towards you. That's what I need you to understand and believe, that the thoughts that he has towards you are good and not of evil. But there is some protocol. There are some things that you need to follow, some assignments and some mandates that God would even give you in this season as it pertains to the mandate of the people that you're following. And you've got to get that in order to receive what God has called you to. You've got to be able to understand what he's telling you to do. You'll never get to the place that you're going unless you are in the vehicle that's supposed to take you there. And until you put the gas in the vehicle that's taking you there, the car will never move. That's the, I, I've not heard that before, God. I thank you. That's the best way that I can describe it. That's what the Holy Ghost just gave me. You are in a vehicle right now. The vehicle is on this line right now. You're in a vehicle. But if you don't put gas in this vehicle, even the word that's coming out of my mouth, it'll be of none effect to you because you don't believe it. And the reason you don't believe it is because you don't believe that this is the vehicle that can take you from this place to your destination. That's why you're not putting gas in it. That's why you're not making a covenant. You're not making a connection. But I promise you, if you ever make a connection, if you've been fed and if you've grown and if you've been empowered and if God has transformed you by just the words that have come out of our mouths on these broadcasts, imagine what would happen if you actually connect yourself completely to the work of God in this season. If you've been transformed just by words, imagine what would happen if you say, this ground is good, I should sow here. Imagine what kind of harvest you would receive just because you take the seed that God has given you, because he gives seed to the sower and bread to the eater. But don't get mad in a season if you don't have nothing because you're not sowing. And don't get mad in another season if you ain't got nothing to eat because because you didn't sow, now you have no harvest. It all is connected. It's divinely connected. And I need you to get this tonight, that you need to sow a seed. And I'm expecting that tonight. I'm expecting it tonight. I don't care what God tell you to sow. And I'm not going to let you off the hook and say, even if it's $5, because everybody on this line, uh, many people on this line, I should say, I'm not going to say everybody, but some of y'all are still bound by pagan holidays. 
and y'all done went out and bought a bunch of Christmas gifts and done a bunch of the ridiculous. So I'm not letting you off the hook for your seed tonight. I'm expecting you to sow a seed that is of substantial amount tonight. I'm expecting you to sow into the kingdom just like you sowed into the, into the world concerning a pagan holiday. That's what I'm expecting tonight. And if you'll do that, watch God deliver you even from that mindset because you, you decided I'm going to follow the instruction of the woman of God tonight. I'm going to allow God to deliver me out of all my situations tonight because I sowed a seed that grew a harvest that put me in a whole nother place, put me in a whole nother place. Mary Magdalene, let's talk about her. Let's talk about her. God not letting none of, nobody off the hook tonight. I see that. That's amazing. I promise you I didn't come on here to say all that, but you know what? You are not off the hook. Whatever God give me, I'm giving it to you. Whether you like it or lump it, you're getting it, okay? Luke chapter 8. I just want to read verse 2 to you. I want to remind you of who the women were. And it says, and a certain woman, and certain women, which had been healed of evil spirits and infirmities, so you are not uh, you are not an anomaly. Uh, God has not forgotten you. This is what he does. He heals of evil spirits and infirmities, and evil spirits could be of all kinds, and infirmities can be of all kinds, whether in your body or in your soul. Uh, Mary called Magdalene, out of whom went seven devils, seven of them left Mary Magdalene. Now let me tell you a little bit about Mary Magdalene. If you go over to John chapter 20, I love that passage, and I share it all the time, but if you go over there, you're going to find her at the tomb of Jesus after he's been raised, after he's been raised from the dead. You're going to find her at the tomb. She's at the tomb, uh, and she's expecting. She's in expectation. She's excited. And when I say excited, I don't just mean originally that she's excited because she's happy. She's excited. Her emotions are excited. Uh, but she's expecting something because she's had an encounter with Jesus. Are you listening to me? So she's excited over her encounter that she had, and she's not going to allow the encounter that she had to go to leave her. She's not going to allow that to leave her. She's going to stay in remembrance of the encounter that she had, and this is what makes her expect something in this moment. Jesus is not in the tomb. You know, the others left, uh, Peter and John, the one whom Jesus loves and uh, he, he left the tomb. They went back to their normal lives. They went back to go fishing. They went back to do what they used to do before Jesus swept them up and said, follow me. And Mary says, listen, I don't care what y'all do. I can't go back. I came from seven demons, and I ain't going back there. But what I do know is that I've had an encounter with God, and because I've had an encounter with Jesus and I'm experienced in this area, I have to expect something from him because he's already done so much for me. So while the others left the place of seeking, Mary remained. I want you to know, you one, you'll be in environments where people won't believe the announcement that you make. They won't believe the declaration or the words that, that God would give you are extraordinary and unbelievable. But then you'll be in the crowd again with people who should believe and who should remain in a place of seeking, but they leave the place of seeking no matter how many experiences and encounters they've had with him. They leave the place of seeking, but you've got to be like Mary tonight. You've got to get back in the place of seeking, and you've got to remember the things that he's already brought you through. You've got to remember all of the things that he's already brought you from, and you've got to understand that you can't leave your place of seek. It doesn't matter what everybody else is doing. You've got to stay in your place of seek. This is your time of seeking, woman of God. You've got to stay in your place of seek and expect something from God. You've got to expect 
the unexpected. You've got to expect the impossible. You've got to expect. Understand, he was he was dead and now he's alive. That's already the uh, the impossible to everybody else. But now he's missing and I don't know where you've laid him. And now I'm asking the gardener and I want to know from people that are on the grounds what's going on. I'm talking to the angels and they're asking me questions and I'm asking them questions. What's up? Where's Jesus at? And why what, why somebody moved his body and what's going on? But I'm not leaving this place of seeking until I get an answer. What I love about Mary in John chapter 20, somewhere around verses, well, I know it's verses 1 through 9. She's not only crying because she's upset that she can't find her master, but she's peeking into the tomb. She's peeking into the tomb because she expects something to happen. She's peeking into the tomb as she's crying because she can't find what she's seeking, but yet she's peeking. She has an expectation. She has an expectation that something has to happen. She received a response, by the way, because she stayed in her seek. She stayed in that place, and she received a response. I got to read it to you. I got to read it to you because it's so powerful to me. Let's go. Let's go. John 20. I'm going to read. Let me, let me find it. Let me find it specifically. Let me find it. Let me find it. I believe it is around verse 15. This is when he responds. Okay, I'm going to tell you verse 11 is where she's weeping and peeking, okay? That's verse 11 in chapter 20. She's weeping and peeking. Y'all write that down. While you weeping, you better be peeking, expecting God to do something. You're going to go through seasons where you weep. I mean, all kind of reasons to cry, but at some point, you've got to be in expectation. And even in some situations, God will just tell you, stop crying. Because this is what he says in verse 15. He says unto her, woman, why are you crying? Why are you weeping? Who are you looking for? I'm, I'm saying it in my language because it says, woman, why weepest thou? That's the king's language. And I love the king's language. Whom seekest thou? So poetic. But he asked her, why are you crying and what you looking for? She supposing him to be the God that saith unto him, Sir, if thou have borne him thence, if you have moved him from this place, tell me where you put him, and I will take him up out of here. Are you hearing what I'm saying? Jesus saith unto her in verse 16, Mary! Oh, my God, I love it. He calls her by name. Can I tell you something? If you just stay in that place of seek, I know you're a little confused. I've said this before. I'm going to say it again. I know you're a little confused. You're a little discombobulated. You're not certain of what's going on because you're usually uh, getting a memo before these things kind of happen, and God is kind of giving you some insight, and he's giving you a word. He's giving you several words, as a matter of fact. But even though he's giving you a word, it seems like where you are, you're not familiar with the place, and so you're kind of getting a little antsy, but I need you to stay in your place of seek because you're going to get a response. And when you get a response, he's going to turn and call you by your name. Nothing like God calling you by your name. It's nothing like the master calling somebody by their name. He says, Mary, she turned herself and saith unto him, Rabboni, which is to say, Master, I promise you when he calls you, you're going to know it's his voice and you're going to respond. You're going to respond. Are you hearing what I'm saying? So stay in your place of seek. You're right where you need to be. Don't don't worry about what everybody else is doing in this season. I know you'll be in environments where everybody's not going where you're going, and you got to be okay with that. I said it last night on the broadcast. You've got to uh, uh, be okay with being peculiar. When you when you are uh, what what did I say last night? Where where's the notes at? What what did I say? I said when you get all right. That's not what I said. 
Hold on, I'm about to pull it up because I got to say it like he gave it to me because that means something. And, you know, when, when the Lord speak a word to you, you need to speak it just like he gave it to you because when you speak it like he gave it to you, it's just something that happens. It's, it's something that happens. Hold on. I'm finding it. Y'all just wait right there. I'm, I'm finding it. I'm finding it. Hallelujah. I'm finding it. Uh, Chief Apostle, what do you have to say about these things? I'm going to find this thing while I'm looking for it. Go ahead and um, share a word from the Lord. I'm not going to lose my spot. I got to find this. Hey, man, I was. Can you hear me okay? Can't hear you, Chief. Hallelujah. Unmuted. Thank Can you. Can you hear me now? Absolutely. Well, praise the Lord. I thank the Lord for everybody on the line tonight. Um, I thank God for you, uh, Chief uh, First Apostle. I thank God for everybody. Listen, I was thinking about Boaz, and I began to think about Ruth and Naomi, and I was challenged because Ruth, when she went out into the field and she went out to work, and the Bible talks about this peculiar nature that she operated in. Come on. It was something about her that grabbed the attention of those who were around. It wasn't even, Boaz was not the first person to see her or recognize her. But I want to share a word with you just a moment to let you know that, number one, your labor is not in vain, but also you are being noticed. Somebody sees you for who you're worth. And it is not up for you to denote and devalue yourself to be with someone who can't recognize your beauty outside of their own mirror. What I'm saying is someone who is anointed for you isn't worried about how he looks. He's more concerned about how you look. You're being noticed. Heaven is noticing you. God is paying attention to you. And I want every woman, under the sound of my voice, to know that your Boaz is coming. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I found the note. It said, when you don't have a problem with being peculiar, mm. you're walking to your promise. My God. That's a real place. It's a real place. You, you you can have such a problem with your differences, you know, that you, you're not able to walk into your promise. It wasn't until a- Abram decided, you know what, God said, leave my father's house. He could have just sat there and they'd been like, you know what, where are you going? You know, you got everything you need here. You have any idea what kind of challenges he faced leaving his father's house. He had been there for years. He was old. He wasn't no young man. 
He was over 40 years old. He'd been doing this thing this way his whole life. Mm. And he was uprooted, told to move, leave. Leave everything you already know. Mm. So everybody at his house was probably like, this dude is on one in real life. He got an issue for real. That he just going to leave us and go do something else? But when you don't have a problem being peculiar, you're definitely going to walk into your promise. That's powerful, Chief. You lead me right into the next place. Somebody is watching you. Somebody I promise watching. you they're watching you. My God. We have the woman at the well. Somebody watching you. Somebody hmm. waiting for you. Jesus. Not only are they watching, but they're waiting. Jesus goes to Samaria, sits at this well, Jacob's well. He's waiting for this woman to show up. Can I tell you something? God is so strategic about what he's doing. He's going to put them right where they need to be so they can see you when you're coming. Are you hearing what I'm saying? He's waiting for this woman, John chapter 4. He's waiting for her. Let's go there, John chapter 4. I'm almost done, I think, unless the Lord says something different. John chapter 4. He's waiting for her. He's waiting for her. They're having a whole dialogue about water. They're having a whole dialogue about thirst, and they're having a whole dialogue about worship. Having a bunch of conversations here. But before they even get to the worship, Jesus wants to express to this woman something about uh, what she's doing, the way that she's doing it. And now, so he asks her, Give me something to drink. Well, this is a different this is a different situation for her because Samaritans and Hebrews don't get along. So I don't even know why you asking me for something to drink because you you know we don't get down like this. This is out of the ordinary. This is extraordinary. I want you to know that God is asking for out of the ordinary from you in this season. This is not something that He's asked you for before, and now you're looking like well, where, where, where they do that at? He wants you to know they do it right in your house. Yeah, where do they praise praise Him like that in your house? Where do they spend time in a word like that? In your house? Where do they spend time in his presence like that? In your house. Yeah, he's asking you to shut off Basketball Wives of Atlanta. That's stupid. Turn that ridiculousness off. Turn it off. He's asking you some questions in this season, and you're going to need to respond in kind based on the questions he's asking you. And I promise you, he's asking you all kind of stuff tonight. And you're like that woman at the well. You think you got snappy answers and all kind of stuff till we start targeting in on the specific spots. And then we say, whoop, that's the spot right there. Go get your husband. That's what he says. Go get your husband, by the way. You go, go on ahead and get him. She says, well, uh, I, I don't have one, but I'm perceiving something about you now. Uh, I think I know something now. I think something's happening here, and I'm recognizing some things about what's going on in this environment. You know, I think you might be a prophet to be able to tell me to go do something like that and know that I don't have a husband. You, you're a prophet. Mm-hmm. And, and and the ones you've been with, they wasn't your husband either. So now God's going to get in your business. I want you to know that. He's been getting in your business for weeks. Since we started War of Worship Women's Ministry, he's been getting in your business. But I'm going to tell you something. I'm going to tell you the difference between this woman and some of the religious people that are on this line. This woman allowed herself to be touched by him. She allowed herself to be open to him. She allowed him, as he was touching those parts that she had been hiding her whole life, she allowed herself to be vulnerable in the presence of God. 
what you're going to need to do tonight. You're going to need to allow yourself to be vulnerable because all the words that have been going forth over this mic, all the words that have been going forth into your houses all of these weeks have been meant for you to come from the place where you are and to go to the place where God is taking you. But because you've, you've compartmentalized and you've hidden spots, and of course they weren't hidden from God, but you thought you were hiding them, and you said, okay, God, you can be in this part of me, but this part over here is off limits. You can be in this section of me, but this part right here I need to maintain control because I got some things I need to do, and it's a certain way. Stop trying to explain it to God and allow him to, to touch those vulnerable places and allow yourself to be open in his presence because if you allow that, something so powerful is going to happen in your life. Something so powerful. They have a bunch of dialogues. But I want to get to this very specific part. I want to go to verse 13. He said to her, after they talk about the well and the importance of the well, he says to her in verse 13, Whosoever drinketh of this water shall thirst again. Verse 14, But but whosoever drinketh of the water that I shall give him shall never thirst, but the water that I shall give him shall be in him. This water is going to be in him. A well of water springing up into everlasting life. Now let me tell you something. The common ain't going to quench your thirst. It's not going to satisfy you in this season. He starts talking to her about H2O. This is the property of H2O. This is how H2O get down. But if you go ahead and drink this H2O, this is the norm. This is the status quo. This is the the everyday thing. It's not going to do it for you in this hour, woman of God. The status quo is not going to work for you. The mediocre is not going to work for you. The everybody else's normalcy is not going to work for you. It's not going to satisfy you. This is the plain thing, the H2O. This is from this dimension. God said, listen, you're drinking water in this dimension, but I'm about to give you some water from a whole other dimension. And when I get done giving you this water from this other dimension, you're going to be, it's going to be in you a well of water springing up into everlasting life. Can I tell you something about what happened with this woman? She said, you know what, give me that. I'm going to need that. She said, give me that water so that I don't have to thirst again. I need that water. Jesus said, he said, listen, I'm going to give you this water. After he gave her the water, you know, they had the conversation about the husbands at that point. So she was thoroughly convinced after they had the conversation about the husbands, that that he was a prophet. And not only could he give her the water, but she wanted to hear anything else he had to say. But when he got done, when he got done talking about the husbands and and, and touching the deepest parts of her, and then he began to tap into her worship experience, tap into how she was taught to worship. Oh, my God. He's tapping into your norm. He's tapping into uh, how you've been doing things, but now he's about to tap into how you worship. Because he said, listen, you got to understand something about the Samaritans. They worship two different ways. They worship our God, and then they worship something else. So they had like a dual worship kind of thing. They kind of had a mixture. It was like a drink. You know what I'm saying? I'll have a little bit of this and a little bit of that. He said, but listen. Believe me, the hour cometh, verse 21, when ye shall neither in this mountain nor at Jerusalem worship the Father. He's seeking those that are going to worship him. He said, listen, this is the setup. You worship, ye know not. You don't know what you're worshiping. In other words, you're doing a bunch, and you don't even know what you're doing. I declare to you tonight, if you've been in religiosity, if you've been in that construct of confusion, you don't even know what you're worshiping. I had, oh, God, I was thinking about this Sunday, 
and do you know I, I'm going to have to teach this because I don't I don't think that I've ever really uh, uh, experienced this from this angle. But there are several different levels of praise. There's the praise that everybody can give, and then there's a praise that the saints give that God inhabits. But that praise that everybody or everything can give is just because it has breath. But there's another level of praise that only his people can give. It's the kind of praise that makes the earth pregnant and brings forth a manifestation. It's the kind of praise that makes him dwell in the midst of them. That kind of praise is different, and that kind of praise is proactive, and it's also retroactive. I remember a word that a, that a woman ran into me, and we've known each other since we we were kids, and I hadn't seen her for a long time, and she said a word to me that so just shook my whole frame. She said, I remember how you used to praise God when you were young, how you used to just dance. I promise you, they would turn the lights out, and I was still in the sanctuary dancing. I didn't care that service was over. There was something in me that was driving me to a praise, and she looked at me, and she said, you was praising for your future. Oh, my God, when I thought about all of the things that had gone on in my life up to that point, I thought about the praise that she started talking about, and it just sent me to a place because your praise can be proactive, and it needs to be proactive, but it can also be retroactive. But you need to understand your praise has a place, and it's a weapon just like your worship is. But a lot of times we we discount praise because we don't really understand praise. From a believer's perspective, we just think that that's for everybody to do. But there's another level of praise that's not for everybody to do that God doesn't even inhabit. That's a whole nother message. I just want to throw that out there because I need you to understand that your praise matters if it's coming from the right place, if it's in the right spirit. And if you understand what you're praising for, see, in the scriptures, I didn't plan to go here, but somebody needs to hear about praise for a minute, so I'm going to share this. In the scriptures, anytime there was a time of praise, you'll notice it was a time of praise when they defeated their enemy, they praised, they praised when they brought back the spoils or when they when something of uh, of the kingdom was restored to the kingdom like the ark of the covenant they praised and they also uh gave a resounding praise or a resounding sound to confound their enemies so there are lots of different positions for praise and lots of different uh uh, uh, times that you need to praise, but you need to understand your praise. And praise is not some zombie type of thing. It's just like worship is not where you fall out and you don't know what you're doing and you start flailing your arms. That's the Baptist way, you know, because they're just now coming into the Holy Ghost. And so now they got the Holy Ghost, and they, they didn't tell them they didn't caught the Holy Ghost. Now they're trying to get this Holy Ghost off of them, so they're flailing and hitting folks and all that. And they got their eyes closed and they're screaming and falling out and foaming. That That might be a spirit, but I'm saying praise has a purpose. And it's strategically uh, placed because victory is something that you that you know assuredly from the beginning and that you definitely have a reason to rejoice for at the end of the thing. Okay, I didn't plan to go there. The woman at the well, that's what we're talking about. Thank you, Jesus. So he, he gave her this water, right? He gave her this water. And, and, and I love this phrase that he said. This is the phrase that he said. He said, he said, I'm going to give you this, this, this water that I'm going to give you, that I shall give you. It, it's going to be a well of water springing up into everlasting life. And what happens in this passage is so amazing because she allowed herself to be open. She allowed herself to be vulnerable. She allowed herself to be touched in the thing that she had been hiding, the thing that she had been condemned for before. Now she's allowing herself to be open and allowing him to touch that. What happens here, she says in verse, let me see. All right, I'm going to read this whole part. The woman saith unto him, verse 25, we're in John chapter 4. The woman saith unto him, I know that Messiah, 
Messiah cometh, which is called Christ. When he is come, he will tell us all things. Jesus said unto her, I that speak unto thee am he. And upon this came his disciples and marveled that he talked with the woman. I promise you, there's always going to be some people in your environment that got a problem with who you're talking to and how you're talking and what you're receiving and what's being given and what's being received and all of that. Really no different than the beginning of this thing with Rhoda. And 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 upon this and upon this came his disciples and marveled that he talked with this woman. Yet no man said, "What seekest thou?" or "Why talkest thou with her?" They had enough sense to know that this was an encounter that he was desirous to have, and he was. They were not going to interrupt interrupt this encounter. The woman then left her water pot. I love it. She left her water pot. She lo- she left the thing that she came there. She forgot about what she came to get. She left the water pot. She left the water pot there, went her way into the city, and said to the men, Come see a man which told me all things that I ever did. Is not this the Christ? Then they went out of the city and came unto him. In the meanwhile, his disciples prayed him, saying, Master, eat. But listen, let me tell you something. This woman at the well, she was so impacted by this other dimension. You know, you can stay in the common or you can allow yourself to be impacted by another thing from another dimension. She didn't settle for the thing that was just the common thing, the thing in this dimension. That's why we pray, thy kingdom come, thy will be done, because we're looking not for things just in this dimension to exist, but we're looking for the things from the kingdom, from the heavens, to come here, from that dimension to this dimension. This is how we're supposed to live, from his dimension to ours, not from ours to his, but from his to ours. And so when we say thy kingdom come, that's the position that we pray from. It's the position that we're looking at everything in our life from is his dimension. What is he saying about this? What's his mind about this? I'm not going to lean in my own understanding. I'm going to seek him. I'm going to acknowledge him because I need direction. I need revelation. I need I need revelation for my situation. So I need to not look at what's around me, not what's in my natural environment, not what's in this dimension, but I need to seek a higher dimension so that I can know what my direction should be. Know what you have. This thing, as I was as I was pulling all these notes together, and I'm almost done, the Lord began to remind me of a season in my life. And I've had these seasons over and over again, but this particular season was so amazing for me because I was in a situation, and I was in a relationship, and it seemed to me in a, in a, in a certain season of this relationship that there were other people that were interested in my relationship as well. <laughs> they were as interested in in my relationship as I was. And um, so I was noticing some things, and I asked some questions, and, of course, uh, the man of God denied it. You know, that's not the case, honey. You know, that's not the case. But there was a, pr- a pivotal piece in our relationship uh, that nobody else could take, but they they, they, des- they desired that piece. And at the point they started desiring that piece of the relationship, I knew that there was something more than what he was telling me. There's a grandson involved. There's a little boy involved. And, He's always in my lap. As a matter of fact, when I come to church, he's always looking for me so that he can be in my lap, so that he can be with me. Uh, he, he he doesn't likely leave my presence, and if he leaves my presence, he's he's bringing he, he's either crawled back to me or had somebody bring him back to me. And when he started walking, he just walked to where I was. He always wanted to be with me, and so I noticed that there were other people in the environment, and now everybody wants to hold him. All of a sudden. And they happened to be the people that were interested in my relationship as I was. And I thought that was funny because I'm saying to myself, huh, that's interesting that 
Now, all of a sudden, they want to hold the grand boy. God began to remind me of something. He said, know what you've got, because what you've got, nobody can take from you. Now, they might have been able to persuade an ignorant man, but this little boy was not persuaded. He wanted whom he thought was his grandmother. He wanted me. He didn't want nobody else. So even if he walked over there or or even if they snatched him out of somebody's arms, he was still reaching for me from across the sanctuary or calling out for me from the place that he was in because what God is giving you, it doesn't matter who else desires it. Nobody can take that from you. So you've got to know what God is giving you. You've got to know what you have, what you possess. They can't have it. They can't take it. But you've got to know what it is you've got. When I thought about that tonight, I thought about the foolish virgins. Matthew 25, I thought about these foolish virgins and how um, they were in this place where they felt like they were entitled to someone else's oil. They weren't prepared for what they needed. They weren't prepared for the bridegroom to come. They, They had oil enough to get them there, uh, but clearly the, the wise virgins not only had their lamps filled with oil and got themselves to that destination, but they also took another vessel with them that had oil in it. And so now they're in a place, and now these foolish virgins don't have what they need, so now they're seeking to get from those that have what they need or those that have, they're trying to take it from them. But what you have, nobody can take that from you. It's what you possess. And so you have to be in this season very diligent about what you have and know what you have and understand what you have and not be in a position of intimidation because what you have, nobody can take it from you. It's what you have, and it's what's going to prepare you to meet the bridegroom. So you can't be concerned about the stuff that other people don't have, and you can't be concerned about them desiring what you do have. Just hold on to what you've got. Know what you have. Know what you got. If I'm looking at uh, Rhoda, or if I'm looking at Rhoda, I would ask you, do you have a declaration, an outstanding and unbelievable, extraordinary proclamation or announcement, and it don't matter who else believes it in this season? If you were married, do you have demons or do you have deliverance in this season? And are, are, are you igniting your expectations in the next season of your life unapologetically? Because, you know, there will be people in your surroundings that, you know, they, they, they're, they're more important to you, so to speak. And so you may kind of feel a little, some kind of way about that. But unapologetically in this season, do you have the deliverance that makes you expect without apologizing something from God? Do you, if you're the woman at the well, do you uh, have a predictable script? You know, because her script was very predictable. She came to the well. She was probably always seeking a man at the well. Uh, usually people didn't go to the well at high noon. That's the hottest time of the day, and it doesn't make sense to be any doing anything in the field or at a well at the hottest time of the day. Your water should have already been gotten, and then you can probably get water when the sun is starting to uh, go down. But she's at the well at the heat of the day, she's got a predictable story. Uh, Do you have a predictable story and do you want to stay there or will you become a living epistle in this season, Um, not just passing out tracts, but will you become an ambassador? Not just somebody who's just passing out tracts and doesn't have answers, but becoming a living epistle and taking the living kingdom into the environments that you're going in and causing men to be persuaded because you've had an encounter with God. It's all, it's all up to you, really. It's really your choice what you want to do. 
But whatever God has given you, certainly nobody can take it from you. But you've got to definitely know what he's given you. Tonight, I want to pray for every woman on this line. I want you not to forget to send us an email because I still sense a healing anointing in the room. At this time, I'm dealing with an anointing in a left leg. Uh, Somebody, uh, several people actually have been dealing with uh, a weakness in your knee area. Uh, You're almost feeling like your knee is about to buckle often, and God is healing you tonight. There's a healing anointing in this room. Tonight, I need you to grab a hold of whatever it is that you're in need of. Several of you uh, are dealing with some carpal tunnel issues. It's uh, even some arthritic issues in hands tonight. You've been having some cramping up, and you haven't. a few of you haven't gone to the doctor to verify, but you know for certain that it is some kind of arthritic condition because you're saying to yourself, this runs in my family. I need you to know that that assignment is canceled tonight. You're in a new family, and the DNA is different, so I need you to know what you've got. And if you know what you've got, then you'll know uh, that nobody can take it from you. Are you hearing what I'm saying? There are several women on this line who suffer from migraine headaches on a regular basis, on a regular basis. You also have very stressful conditions in your environments. Both work and home environments are very stressful. I'd like to declare to you tonight that you remove yourself from the stress and get yourself some rest. Sometimes things are just really simple, but we make them difficult. So we go to the doctor and we ask a bunch of questions that they're going to ask us a bunch of questions that we should really be asking ourselves. If you're throwing up, then you need to know what's the last thing I ate. What have I been eating these last couple of days? What's different in my diet? What have I done differently in these last couple of days so that you can identify what your issue is and make the adjustment? That's all God wants you to do tonight is to identify what's your diet been. What have you been eating? Have you been eating uh, Basketball Wives of Atlanta or have you been eating the scripture? Uh, and if you, you've been eating Basketball Wives of Atlanta, then that could be possibly uh, the potential uh, reason that you have an issues emotionally, that you're having challenges in your relationships and you don't see any breakthrough in your life because you're wasting your energy and your time on things that are not fruitful. So I don't know why I keep mentioning the Basketball Wives of Atlanta, but some bodies on this line are addicted to the Basketball Wives of Atlanta, and I'm declaring to you tonight that you need to cut it off and knock it off. You've got enough drama in your life, and you've been enough drama to several people in your life, so you need to come out of that place of drama and get into your deliverance tonight. I even need you to text me and let me know you've been delivered from Basketball Wives of Atlanta. Hallelujah. But I'm going to pray for you tonight. And as I pray for you tonight, I'm going to ask um, that you prepare to get your seed together tonight as well. You're going to send that seed to Prophet Daniel 611. Is it Prophet Daniel 611 at Gmail? That's the ministry. Uh, We probably need to set up a PayPal for Faith Ambassadors. That way you guys are not confused. We'll do that ASAP. Somebody text me. Prophet Daniel online. Yeah, go to the website. And go ahead and sow that seed to the ministry tonight. Prophet Daniel online. Dot com. Dot com. Amen. Prophet Daniel online dot com. Go ahead and prepare your seed tonight. 
as I begin to pray. God, we seek you hard tonight. We seek you hard tonight, God, knowing that we'll find you, but we're going to also seek you hard that we might find us, the us that you created us to be, the us that's like you and in the image of you. We cooperate with heaven. Yes, God, we cooperate with heaven tonight. We will cooperate with you tonight, oh God, and we'll emerge as the new creation that you created to be whole and complete, fearfully and wonderfully made, oh God. We thank you, oh God. We thank you right now for this life that you've commanded us to live, a life of abundance, a life of freedom. We renounce every ungodly soul connection tonight. And we won't be like Lot's wife. We won't look back. We refuse to look back to the place that you brought us from tonight. Thank you, God. We decree and we declare that our freedom is not for sale. It's, it's, it's new, it's near, and it's now. And we will not fear, but we will hear your voice. We'll walk, we'll talk, and we'll live in the liberty that you've called us to the liberty that you've given us freely in our souls, in our mind, our will, in our emotions, oh God. We belong to you tonight, God. We belong to you. Our bodies, every organ, every limb, every cell is well and restored. We agree with the thoughts that you think and the plans that you've already made for us. We've been made inheritors and co-inheritors. God, you've given us heavenly seating, and we refuse to be mediocre and normal. But we are peculiar, and we are the conquerors, and we are overcomers, and we're quickened, immortal, and incorruptible. We're the bride of Christ, and it's our season to shine. It's bridal season, God. We thank you for the jewels and the headdress and the train and the set for reigning, oh God. We're set for reigning in this season. God, we we take authority right now over every ungodly thing that would try to attach itself to us tonight, oh God. We shake ourselves from our past, and we walk into our futures tonight. Thank you, God. We give you glory tonight. I shatter the glass ceilings in the lives of your people tonight, God. And we tap into the prophetic and apostolic dimensions, oh God, receiving true revelation and true foundation, built up as a holy temple, oh God, fortified and filled with your glory tonight. God, we thank you right now. We thank you right now for what you've already done. Thank you, God. We thank you tonight. Oh, my God, we give you glory. Thank you, God. Mm, We praise your name tonight. We thank you, Father. We reset the spiritual temperature in the houses of your people, in the lives of your people tonight. We reset the spiritual temperature, and I decree and declare tonight that the climate change to accommodate the season of abundance that you've called us to. We decree and declare tonight that the tide has changed in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. We thank you, God. Those women of God who desire to uh, restore your relationship with God tonight, we're going to need you to text us at faithambassadors247 at gmail.com. We want to make sure we reach out to you tonight, between tonight and in the morning, and that one of our ministers uh, will be on the line and, and be able to pray with you. We take your soul seriously. We take your soul seriously. And tonight, God is concerned about what concerns you. All of the things that concern you, he's concerned about it. Go ahead and rededicate your life to him tonight. 
and be mindful, not mindless in this season. Be mindful of him in this season. And I promise you, if you be mindful of him, he's going to be more mindful of you. But you're on his mind tonight already. All he needs you to do is reciprocate. Just go ahead and reciprocate. He spoke a word into your life tonight because he desires you to be changed from the place that you're in to the place that he desires to take you. There's a promise, great and precious promises that are over your head tonight, and God desires you to walk into your promised land. This is just a few days' journey. Don't make it a 40 years' journey. Don't make it a science project. Let's just walk into the promised land together in this season. Let's do that together in Jesus' name. Is Prophetess Joy on the line? I need her to text me if she's on the line at least. Chief Apostle? Yes. Go ahead and have some words. I'm waiting for Prophetess Joy to text me. I'm hoping she's on the line. We thank the Lord for everybody that uh, came out to the broadcast tonight and um, certainly the woman of God ministered on so many levels for so many people. Um, I encourage you tonight that to see where God is. So so often we focus so much on ourselves that we don't see God, and God wants you to see him. And as you begin to seek him out and you begin to see his will operating in your mind and your will, you'll see these things clearing up for you. So I encourage you to, uh, no matter who you are, no matter where you are, what your position and titles are, seek the Lord while he might be found. It makes, and like the woman of God said, seek him hard. So I want you to be encouraged tonight. Apostle, I'm not going to hold your people. What, 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 did you have something else? Amen. Chief Apostle, she yes. is on the line. You have three three eight four as a um, the last yes, four digits. She's open. Okay, your your line is open, Prophetess. Unmute yourself, woman of God. Your line should be open. I can't hear her, Chief. Hold on. Woman of God. You're open, woman of God. Go ahead. Are you on? Can can we hear you? Can you hear her, Chief? No. I can't hear her either. Hold on. Hallelujah. You just, just in general. Providence. Okay. All right. She's saying she's on the line. She's clicking back over, but maybe she's on. Are you on hold, woman of God? Okay, unhold yourself. Make sure you're not on mute or hold. Mute ministry. What did you say, Chief? She's on mute ministry. You're on mute ministry, woman of God. You're on mute.
Are you Praise in there? Hallelujah. Oh, hallelujah. Yes, he is. We're going to allow uh, Prophetess Joy just to minister as we're going out. Um, I, I think the Lord has a word for the women of God, just a prophetic utterance uh, in addition to what I've already shared for the women of God tonight. Go ahead, women of God. Yeah. Yeah, I thank God to all of that has been spoken. Uh, first, I want to give, uh, give honor to the apostles uh, of, of, um, of faith ambassadors. I give you both honor tonight. Uh, and love, the love that you guys give every week, every time I speak with you all, I just really, really appreciate it. Um, uh, you're worthy, I tell you. You're worthy. And you guys are um, are great apostles. And I thank Praise you God. for all that you've done for me and my family. I just needed to do that. I, I apologize. Um, I what I want to uh, share with the women of God uh, on tonight, as you began to speak, I mean, I just had such a stirring. Uh, as a woman, I had a stirring, and as a prophet, it, it just took me somewhere else. I got a whole page full of notes here. Hallelujah. <laughs> so I, I, really, <laughs> I really enjoyed the teaching tonight and, and, and actually the instruction uh, that uh, and I pray that every woman on the line uh, had, had got uh, out of it about the power of prayer. Thank you, Jesus. The power of prayer, and uh, it, it not just knowing the power of prayer, however, believing that you've got the answer. Okay, I'm gonna repeat that. See. Um, the power of prayer, okay, and with and knowing that you will get the answer, okay, that you will get the answer. Already going to it knowing that you're going to get an answer, okay? And as you get that answer, as the apostle stated tonight, I mean, she was, all, I mean, this was totally prophetic tonight. I, I can't really add any more to it, but I can just elaborate on what you said. Um, after you get get the answer, don't be afraid to move into the instruction or the answer Hallelujah. that you got. Yes, God. You know, because the answer that you got is not going to be the common thing to do. Uh, Did you hear me today? Uh, no. It's not going to be the common thing to do. Okay, because you're going to think, wait a minute, is this God? You know, you're going to think it's not God because this is just totally unusual. You know, this is this is just not my norm. This is just not what, you know, the direction that I've been going. So, so in other words, you're going to think that this is not God because this has shifted me, shifted my whole life, turned my whole life around. But guess what? You just met up with your destiny. Thank you, Jesus. Come on now. You just met up with it, and it's time for the shift in your life to happen. Go in it. Go with it. And I'm going to just give you a little, little, little bitty testimony, and I'm not going to give it all to you. However, I just had the biggest shift today that I'm telling you, it's just not what I expected. And I was talking with, Talking with the apostle earlier, 
And I was like, you know what? I'm nervous. <laughs> I am a bit nervous with this big uncommon thing, something that has never happened to me in my life, came about today. So I'm just saying to you, women of God, you know, that uh, that when when God does something, popular thing, it's not always a popular thing. It's always, most of the time, unusual. Thank you, God. And it's not something that you're going to always want to be willingly doing. It's going to take some sacrifice. Thank you, God. And I'm just going to leave you with that one because I can go on. I can go. I, I really can. I can go. So, um, you know, I just want to encourage you all, you know, uh, uh, up in here we get a little nervous. And I realize that there's, there's quite a few people that's not, uh, that's also in my shoes today that that you, you're a little nervous to take this mm. step. You, you, you're a little nervous, you know, mm. but I promise you, that the nervousness that you're uh, that you're experiencing, it's a healthy nervousness. Yes. You have to trust God. Just trust God and go with it. You've been praying for a move. You've been praying for a change. You've been praying for that. You've been praying for a spiritual covering. You've been praying for a spiritual father. You've been praying for someone could say, please, can I just get recognized somewhere? You've been praying for that. Your answer has come. Go with it. Go with it. God bless all of you. God bless you. Hallelujah. God bless you. And as the apostle reached out to you tonight, you have the address, you know, because you're not alone. You don't have to do this thing alone. If you want some support. You want to have you want some help in understanding where you're at. Follow through with the phone number uh, with uh, emails that you got tonight. Follow through with it. God bless you, and may the God Lord bless, keep you. God bless you, woman of God. We want to before we get off this line tonight. We want to definitely uh, make sure. Uh, Handle just, just a little bit of protocol tonight. Uh, we have a, a letter of appointment that we're going to need to read in the hearing of all the women on the line. Uh, to all who may know these presents, greetings. Now comes his chief apostle to the Faith Ambassadors Ministries, making prophetess Priscilla Gray, chief intercessor and chief adjutant to all things concerning the Faith Ambassadors. By rank and virtue of authority, the chief adjutant is directed to carry out all matters relating to the welfare, best of the apostles, as she is led. Her office carries the authority and dignity of the apostles in whatever she is directed by them to do. As an ordained minister, she has the authority to carry out any duty given by her by the apostles to include but not limited to official ceremonies marriage ceremonies and counseling laity and leaders in the area of marriage funeral ceremonies and counseling laity and leaders in the area of grief and consolation on behalf of the apostles she is given the distinction of chief adjutant given the third presiding rank on the executive board to the chief apostles and is authorized to wear royal blue during ministry related official ceremonies so be it this is uh, the letter of appointment for Prophetess Priscilla Gray, also known as, a.k.a. Prophetess Joy. Woman of God, we love you, and we welcome you into your new appointment in the Ministry of Faith Ambassadors. 
God bless you, people of God. We look for you uh, Thursday. Uh, actually, we're looking for you Wednesday night. Our um, resurgence, our youth resurgence is coming on the line. At that, after that time, Thursday night is school for the prophet. We're going to need you on the line and ready for instruction, ready with uh, pen in hand, paper, and ready to go. Uh, until the next time we hear from you or see you, we want you to know that you're blessed and don't forget it. But what I don't want you to forget tonight is to get your seed handy. I'm not playing with y'all. Y'all know I don't even do the seed thing all the time. I do it on my broadcast, and I don't push. But I'm telling you, this season is a season you're going to have to push your way into this next place. You're going to have to push past all of the things that have been the norm for you. Push past it tonight. And so your seed. Send it to ProphetDanielOnline.com. Go right now to the website. Get your card ready and sow your seed. I love you. God bless you. Until the next time I see you or hear from you, you're blessed, and don't forget it. using Blog Talk Radio. Goodbye.
If you own a vehicle with less than 200,000 miles and have an auto warranty about to expire or no warranty coverage at all, listen up. CarShield has a low-cost, month-to-month vehicle protection plan that covers more parts than ever. Visit carshield.com audio to find out how you could pay almost nothing for covered auto repairs. Drivers who activate this vehicle protection today will also receive free roadside assistance, free towing, and car rental options at no additional cost. Get your free quote today at carshield.com audio. That's carshield.com audio.